podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Major Harris, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. It is Jay and Fiend, and I'm back in the building. I'm about to get it off my chest. Now, it's been a little while, but I got something special for you. Something special for all y'all. It's about to get insane. (laughs) Insane in the membrane. Now, I need you. Now, I need you to think about this. Put yourself in this situation. Imagine that you are the best salesman at your job. And your boss comes to you, actually comes to everybody on the floor and says, hey, whoever sells the most during this quarter and next quarter, we're going to reward with something special. Maybe it's like a vacation, something real special. Well, immediately, you're probably pumped. I mean, you're the best salesman. You know you're going to win this award. No big deal, right? Well, during that quarter, there are people on your team who start cheating. They start cheating and selling more than you. And the problem is, is that your boss knows that they're cheating. Everyone knows. The owner knows. They all know that these individuals are cheating and they're just allowing it. Matter of fact, they're rewarding it. Rewarding it with bonuses and other things. And they know without a shadow of a doubt that they're cheating. But the thing is, the company's in bad straits. The company needs money. So honestly, they don't care how they get it. They just want that money coming in. And so, you know, these guys are getting bigger and and, and doing more. Now, here's the thing. You would like to think that the people would stick to their morals and not go ahead and cheat as well. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people who would look at the situation and they would think to themselves, okay, it's fine. Everybody doesn't care if they're cheating to get ahead. All right. Everybody's all right with it. Okay. If it's okay, I'm going to cheat too. Cause I was better than you before. And now, and now all I'm doing is getting what's rightfully mine. This is the exact situation that Barry Bonds was in with MLB. Before 1995, he was the best player in baseball, arguably. He was part of the 30-30 club, 30 home runs, 30 steals. He was so much better than Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Then all of a sudden, after the strike, these two come on the scene and they're hitting home runs. They're hitting these crazy home runs, going after the most hallowed, hallowed record of all time, the baseball home run record. Now, everybody knew they were cheating. Now, maybe maybe we, as fans, we may not have seen it. But I'm telling you what, you are lying to yourself if you don't think that the trainers knew, the managers knew, and the owners knew. And you know what? They didn't care. They didn't care because baseball was down. After the strike, there's a lot of baseball fans who were done with America's pastime. So now, this record is being challenged for the first time in a long time, and it's bringing in just buckets and buckets of money, and they didn't care, and they allowed it to happen. And Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, who were never better than Barry Bonds, are now, and they're on everything. Everywhere you looked, it was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, McDonald, Big Mac attack, uh, being spoofed on SNL, all this stuff. And Barry Bonds is sitting back and watching it and watching the millions of dollars that they're raking in from it. And he thinks to himself, it's okay to cheat. No, no. All you people know that they are cheating. You know, without a shadow of a doubt that they're cheating and it's cool and we're celebrating it. Fine. I'll do it too. And then he smashes the home run record. And then by that time, baseball got back on his feet. 
No longer do they need this. They already got fans back in the stadiums. They already got it back to being America's pastime. And then that's, I think that's what frustrates me the most. These baseball purists, these people, let's put an asterisk beside the name. You knew. You writers, you knew. Don't act like you didn't. You knew. These whispers that nobody wanted to talk about, you knew. You looked at the size. Even if you didn't know the specifics, you look at the size of these guys, and they're hitting home runs that they never had before. Come on now. And then, like I said, once you got where you wanted to be, you cut these guys loose, and you made Barry Bonds a face of steroids. Now, I'm not saying Barry Bonds needs to get off. Look, you do the crime, you do the time. I'm just saying the MLB should be should have been held accountable, and these baseball purists who want to talk now that we're past it, now that baseball's back, they want to act all uppity and morally chaste. Stop it. You're liars. You knew the whole time. Like I said, I'm not trying to defend Barry Bonds. All I am saying is that it wasn't all on him, and there's more people who should have taken responsibility. But anyways, that's just my two cents. I'm sorry if I was yelling in your ear. If I said something that, that offends you, remember, I also hate Pitt. But I just had to get that off my chest. Raspy voice! Hey, this is Jake Spavital. Y'all listen to the Raspy Voice Kids. This is Jeremy Phoenix for the Raspy Voice Kids and the Hale West Virginia podcast. Once again, presented by Swill Dog, Shrinkables, Sandwich You, Astork Auto. And we're here again to talk about week two. It was a big week. Uh, I won't even say big week. I mean, every game's a big game, especially in college sports. But we played Youngstown State. We beat them 52-17. to But today, I do not have I Also Hate Pitt, Brandon, my big brother. Instead, we have Dylan of the Red Cup College Sports, specifically Red Cup Big Ten. But make no mistake about it, Dylan is a Mountaineer. What's up, brother? What's up? Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so, I'm... I'm, I'm Assuming you're a Mountaineer, you checked out that Youngstown State game, man. Do you have any thoughts on it? How'd you feel afterwards? Um, I felt pretty good about it. I thought our defense really showed up again. Uh, I thought we looked pretty solid. Um, I really liked our running back production. I think we looked really good from the running back position. Uh, you know, Letty Brown had a big night. Um, Sinkfield looked like he was going to have a big night. Sadly, that ended early. But uh, with McCoy and Petaway adding in there, you know, three guys over 75 yards, I think we'll look pretty solid from that position. And if we can keep that production up moving forward, I think we're going to have a big year. Absolutely. 289 yards on the ground, four running backs. Um, we'll stick right there with the running game. You brought up the running game. We got four different backs, Sinkfield, Petaway, McCoy, and that boy Letty. Letty looked good. Sink looked good. Petaway was in there churning out for yards. Um, McCoy showed a little bit of a spark. Do you have a favorite out of, out of those four running backs? I know we do it by committee, but if you were a head coach, do you have one that you favor over the other? See, I really like uh, the experience from McCoy. I think he had a solid year last year uh, behind Crawford. I think if you want to trust someone to get the yards, I think you can look at McCoy. Um, Petaway, you know, he has some power behind him. And, you know, the younger guys, Brown and Sinkfield, they're just dogs. I mean, they can get you yards. They can hit the hole really well. Man, if I had to take a favorite, I'd probably take Sinkfield. I, I personally think he's the best back out of all four of them. But, you know, that's still a hard decision because all four backs are pretty solid. Nah, he's definitely the home run threat. I love seeing that speed, his explosion through the hole. You know, it reminds me of back in the day. But all those running backs can get it done. No question they all can get it done. 
Absolutely, yeah. We also had 336 passing yards, and Will only missed seven passes the entire game. Now, granted, granted, he threw the pick, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about that here in you know a few seconds. But overall, to a tune of 625 total yards, I don't know how much more you could ask for out of the offense. Now, I will say, I did see online, and and somebody said, "Well, I'm tired of our our offense taking so long to get started." I didn't see that. Is that what you saw? I didn't really see it. No, I think I think we got off to a start pretty well. Um, I'm liking the mix of, like we talked about, more of the run game. I like how we're incorporating it more and more each year. And this year, even though it looks really solid and we had a good running game the other night, the passing game was still superb. They still knew how to get downfield, get the receivers open. And, I mean, Greer had another amazing game. Yep. So what more can you ask from the – standpoint of offense yeah and, and if you look at it yeah we only had 21 points in the first half first of all 21 times 2 is 42 21 points in the first half is fine but like you said you take what the defense gives you what they were doing is they were you know they were trying to prevent our our air raid system our air attack which is sick so they were allowing us to run the ball think about it our first time we scored a touchdown was 99 plays i mean 99 yards on ton, 10 plays Three minutes and 57 seconds. You know what that shows? It shows that we were taking what they were giving us and running the ball. We ran the ball seven straight times on that drive. Not everything's going to be a home run. Um, the very next touchdown, same thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Long, drawn-out drive, uh, 10 plays, over four minutes having the ball, 68 yards, and once again, you score again. You take what the defense gives you. Not everything is going to be, you know, old-school Rams, uh, greatest field on, <laughs> greatest show on turf. Would you smart coaches, smart players take what the defense has given them, and that's what we did. Now, the one thing that you know was glaring in the first half is Will's first interception. That was a little tough. That was a little tough. Yeah, it was pretty tough. But um, I mean, as a quarterback, you got to know, especially him with all the experience he's had that he has, is to just go out there and act like it didn't happen. Just wash it off. It's his first pick of the year go back out there and just run his offense how he knows he's supposed to run it. Absolutely, and that's what he did. I feel like he he tried to force the ball a little bit, especially on that drive, because earlier on that drive, he, he threw it to the end zone. Maybe he didn't see the safety, but he tightened up. He tightened up. Like I said, he missed seven passes the entire game. To uh, finish up with the offense, I do want to give a shout-out to that boy, Letty Brown, man. He looked good. Alex Sinkfield looked good, and Maiden got his first touchdown, all three of them, with their first Mountaineer touchdowns of the year, of their careers, actually. So, big ups to them. On the defensive side of the ball, what did you see? How did you feel about what our defense was doing overall? I know you kind of touched on it, but go ahead. Yeah, I really looked at, um, I tried to pay attention to the defensive line, which I think we have one of the best uh, two-depth defensive lines in the entire conference. I mean, we have eight dogs that you can put up there, and we're going to take a lot of production out of. They're going to smack somebody. And I'm really confident about our D-line. Yeah. Um, of course, you have Askew Henry getting his pick. You know, that was a good pick. Yeah. Um, you have David Long with uh, 10 tackles, 9 solos, 2 tackles for losses. That dude's a um, dog. He is having a great start to this season. Um, I think that if he stays healthy, he will be the main guy on our defense this year. And he's going to help us stop some of those big power backs out of the Big 12 and incorporating that with our defensive line. I think this defense is going to be a lot better than what people think. 
I think it's interesting that you're talking about stopping the the run on on uh, you know the Big Twelve because of our defense. Um, the one thing is, I've heard once again. You look at the game; it's a little spotty. We gave up some big runs, but we only gave up 136 total rushing yards. The interesting thing was afterwards. Tony Gibson was talking about that, and he specifically said we kept it vanilla on purpose. Well, first thing is, we have a big game next week. Well, we cross our fingers that it gets played. So you don't want to show everything, and most teams do this. But also, if you looked at the Tennessee game, there's a lot of times that we went with four down linemen. Tony Gibson said he purposely did not do that because they were trying to break uh, Giovanni Stewart in at playing linebacker. Traditionally, he's a safety. Last game, they brought him at linebacker. And oh my goodness, was that a good decision. Now, he didn't. his, his stats aren't going to be all over the board. But if you watched him, watch how many times he touches the quarterback. Go back and watch the game. Maybe he didn't get the sack. But the pressures, the times he got to the quarterback and put his hands on him in play was, was incredible for his first game. And I think that's just going to grow. But that's what Tony said. We wanted to get him reps. We have to get him ready. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why you saw some of the bigger runs because they didn't go with those four linemen, like we said. Um, I don't think that's going to be part of the game plan going in. Our, our linebackers, once again, we know this, are a little undersized. So you need that protection from the, the, from the beef up front. Last game, they decided to, you know, this was a game really to tinker with things and to figure out what works. We've had injuries, so let's figure out what works. One of my favorite things about this game was... The pass defense maybe wasn't spectacular. Um, we had a couple pass interference on deep passes, and we let a few of them be completed. Now, the receiver catching them was a transfer from Oklahoma, so he's a big-time receiver. But th there's cause for concern on some of those completions. But I think that it was very beneficial for the Mountaineer receivers to see this kind of passing attack, this type of receiver. I feel like they got a lot of good work in. Hakeem Bailey, uh, Norwood, uh, Derek Pitts, I feel like they, they got their opportunity to really go one-on-one -on -one and really just hone some of their skills that maybe they didn't get to see in Tennessee as much. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I saw kind of uh, in the middle of that game, they tried to uh, kind of work towards Pitts and try to pick on him a little bit with that with that big receiver. But I think, all in all, that's good work for him. You know, he's going to see a lot of talented receivers in this conference especially uh, him getting a lot of playing time this year. So I think that was good work for him. I think uh, it was good experience to have to go one-on-one -on -one sometimes with that guy. And I'm I'm interested to see how our DBs are going to match up against some of these high-powered offenses. And um, to add to that, I think they work best when that quarterback's under pressure. I think West Virginia's defense is really good when we put the quarterback under pressure. Now, I didn't see it too much in the Tennessee game. We did, and when we did, they were all over the place. I don't think they could have did anything without pressure. I think we should have brought pressure the whole game, if it was my opinion. But I think when this Mountaineer defense brings pressure, you know, it causes problems. No, absolutely. And you know Gibby, that's, that's what he loves. He, he's not going to let the quarterback sit back and relax. Like I said, last game it was a little vanilla. You know, you keep some stuff for the NC State game. Plus, you get to look – at guys to see, you know, you know, evaluate and tink, once again, tinker with little things to, to get it right because conference play is coming up. But all in all, it's a good win. Like Dana said, the goal is 2-0. We are 2-0. Morgantown is 2-0. We are just 10 games from the ultimate goal. Call me a homer. We're going 12-0. Two down, 10 to go. But you focus on the next one. We don't know if it's going to get played. 
Um, and we're going to talk about that in the upcoming segment, but we will take the 52 to 17 win over Youngstown state. We appreciate you Dylan for coming on. Um, shout out where we can find you at um, red cup college sports. Tell us what you do. Uh, just fill, just fill us in a little bit. Absolutely. So uh, you can find us on red cup college com. You guys check us out there. Uh, we got blogs. We got daily posts on there. Uh, give you all kinds of news for college sports, college football, college basketball. Um, they're great posts. There's some great info on there. Um, our team of writers, you know, we started out really small. Um, it started in West Virginia. The guy, uh, the guy that started it's from WVU. So shout out to him. Right. Um, Three hundred four. Absolutely, yeah. So if you guys go check out our website, you know, you're going to see a, a lot of college football news going on right now, especially because we're in season. Um, if you look back a little bit, there's some recruiting on there. Um, you can check out some new recruits coming in for the next year. Uh, we're actually really good at snagging some interviews on there, uh, getting to talk to some of these recruits going to these big time schools. Um, we got a really good team of writers. Um, it started out as just this little Instagram GM of, you know, hey, maybe we should try this. Hey, you want to be on, on, you know, on this website, but it's really expanding. We got a good amount of members now on their daily posts. Um, you're never going to find a time where there's not going to be a post on there. Um, if you go on Instagram, you know, we got multiple Instagram accounts. We got Red Cup College Sports. Um, we have an Instagram account for every single Power Five uh, conference. Um, there's a few teams that are actually getting their own um, account now, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we have a podcast now on SoundCloud, so you guys can check that out. Um, we have Red Cup Gaming. Uh, we got some you know, sports games, highlights, news, uh, Red Cup recruiting. So anything related to college sports, big-time college sports, you guys can check us out. We're going to bring you the news. We're going to bring you anything you need to know. And yeah, so check us out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. You guys into a little bit of everything, but look, keep growing, keep your head up, keep doing your thing, Dylan. We appreciate you coming on. This is uh, once again, the Raspy Voice Kids in Hale, West Virginia. Raspy Voice! Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. Why we hate NC State. Now we know y'all been waiting on it. You knew it was coming. But just like the musket blast, y'all gonna turn tail and run when you hear what we have to say. It's going to be worse when we show up in Raleigh, but we want to give you a little preview. You're North Carolina State. They call you the Wolfpack, but most of the time nobody utters your name because no one cares. Why don't they care? Here's why. You have zero ACC championships. Not even a share of an ACC championship. Not even a division title or a share of a division title in any of the four major sports, football, baseball, men's and women's basketball. In 26 years, do you know what that means? That means you hold the longest active streak in FBS Power 5 schools for not winning nothing. And yes, that was a double negative, but so are you. Okay? Let me explain something to you. 
Let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to y'all. We got a better winning percentage, 599 to your 509. We've got more conference championships, 15 to your 11. We've been to more bowl games, 36 to your 31. We have more wins, 754 to your 594. That's more than anybody who's not won a national title, okay? Where are y'all? Behind us, way behind us. You look at consensus All-Americans, we have 11, you have eight. Draft picks, we have 189, you have 167. We spent 291 weeks in the AP poll while you guys have only been there 156 weeks. That's almost double. That's almost double the amount of time. And all you guys do is think about North Carolina. They live rent-free in your head. And what you need to do is stop worrying about the Tar Heel Blue and focus on you. That's where it starts. Now, you can act like you're a great program. You can act like we should be afraid to show up in Raleigh. Please. But like Jeremy has said multiple times, <laughs> you can lie to me, just don't lie to yourselves. You know what's coming. You know about Will Greer. You know about David Sills, Gary Jennings. But you may not know about Kenny Bigelow. You Ooh. may not know about David Long. You no. may not know about Jabril Robinson, the Stills boys. You may not know about Zeke Rose, Jeffrey Puller, and Reese Donahue. You may not know about Dylan Tonkery, Hakeem Bailey. Toyas Avery, Drayvon Henry. But they're all coming. Kenny Robinson, too. Spav, Gibby, and Dana going to have them dogs ready. Carriers got them boys ready for throw it up you. And there's nothing you can do. Nothing. Nothing. Look, when I think of the Wolfpack, all I think of is a... I'm indulging is that N W O. It's a spray paint house. Yeah. Who are you, man? What kind of pro? Think about it. What does it say about your program when all you guys can do is name drop? Oh yeah, oh yeah. UNC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like our brothers, man. Oh, Duke. Oh, Duke. man. Duke is so crazy. Duke is so crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. That's all you can do is name drop. You're the ugly duck, an ugly duckling in North Carolina. Second class status. That's who you are. I mean, honestly, who cares about North Carolina State? And, and here's the thing: I'm, I'm not hating. I'm, I'm asking a real question. Who, who cares about <laughs> North Carolina State? Nobody. Nobody. They care about the Tar Heels. They care about the Blue Devils. They care about the Panthers. They care about the Horn. Okay, that's too far. Yeah, too far. Okay. Yeah, too far. But, too far. But, but you get what I'm saying? Nobody cares about NC State. Another question. I don't know. I, I need you to tell me because we don't know. I'm being honest, and I'm not trying to be joking. I'm just being honest. How does it feel to lose three straight times to a non-Power 5 team? How? ECU. It's your rival and you've lost three straight times to a non-Power 5 team. Look, NCAA, NC State, stop it. I know you're probably, oh, we have, these, you know, we have these players, and we've done this, and we've done that. You ain't ready for us. And when we come down at a rally, we're going to get it on and get it popping, and we're going to leave, and we don't expect any fan hype because you're NC State. I'm glad you brought up ECU. Because the thing about NC State is they have a problem with stealing, Jeremy. Did you know that? <laughs> They're kleptos. No, I didn't know that. They're kleptos. They put the state outline on their stadium, but they did it after East Carolina. Their, their opening song for basketball, stolen almost word for word from LSU. Go look at it. And NC State, you know it's true. You know it's true. You guys are kleptos. 
But there won't yep. be any way to steal a win from West Virginia. They're bricks. They're red bricks that I read about. North Carolina did that far before you. And then all of a sudden, when you guys redecorated, you put all these red bricks all the way. Yeah, you clapped those. All you do is steal. Nothing original, but go ahead. But the bottom line is, no matter how much you steal, no matter how much you try, it won't matter come September 15th. We're coming. You can't stop it. It's a problem. You can't fix it. Be ready for this L and be grateful when we take it easy at the end. Rat me, boys! Who says the herd hater ain't got no rhythm? When you're listening to the RBK Power 5 podcast, you're as cool as the other side of the Power 5 pillow! It's your boy, Jay and Fiend, back in the building for the Raspy Voice Kids on this Hail West Virginia podcast. Once again, I do not have my brother. I also hate Pitt. I think he's playing hooky. No, he's not. I think he really has strep throat. <laughs> I think he really has strep throat. A little too raspy on the weekend, getting it in for that 88 team against Youngstown State. Big ups. But we also want to shout out our sponsors, Swill Dog, Shrink Up Bulls, Sandwich You, and Asterisk Auto. All here presenting the Hale West Virginia podcast. But today, today, we are going to deal with the Red and White podcast. Evan Roberts representing the Wolfpack. Oh, he's in the building. What's up, Evan? What's up, man? That's a hell of an intro. Hey, hey, look, we try to do what we do. We try to do what we do up here. What's that mean? I don't even know. I just try to bring the energy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So we... well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. So we do why we hate, you know, as our audience knows, um, we do why we hate for every team that we played. And uh, we did one for the Wolfpack, and I, you know, made reference that the only Wolfpack I acknowledge is that N-W-O. <laughs> and for some reason, Evan took 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 uh, offense to this. Maybe not offense, but he, he got on here and he told me, look, I'm going to tell you why you Mountaineers should care about North Carolina State. So, Evan, here's your platform, baby. You're here repping your team. Why should Mountaineers care about Wolfpack, the Wolfpack? Well, well, first of all, everybody knows that Demolition was the greatest tag team of all time. I'm not, I'm not worried about that, the NWO. <laughs> um, Axe and Smash, I mean, that, that, was, the, that was the best. Oh, uh, be- better than LOD? Like, look, look don't get started I, on re- wrestling now. <laughs> I'm old pads? school. I, I, I'm back with the WWF. That's, okay, that's okay. when I used to watch it back before they changed the names. <laughs> I got you. I no, got you. but you know, it's um, NC State has a a little brother syndrome for the most part. Everybody kind of overlooks us, and, and you know, rightfully so. We haven't been super relevant. I mean, when you win eight games, right? Nobody really cares, and and that's fine. But the program is trending in the right direction. Uh, things are happening, and. Uh, we have enough talent, and they've been playing well enough that, um, you know, when somebody says, eh, well, you know, they kind of overlook us. Okay, you can say that. Notre Dame said that before, and we kicked their tails in. We've had Clemson wire to wire for the last four years. Uh, so it's just a part about being overlooked, and, you know, we're, we're so used to it because Carolina up the road has always looked down on us, especially, you know, basketball-wise. Um, you know, it's just it's, it's a complex that we have. So, yeah. Got you. Well, you have a big – well, you know what? I was going to say you guys have a big game Saturday. 
Um, there's been some updates, and we will get into that right after we're done talking about this. So hopefully you guys have a big game Saturday. But you got the Mountaineers coming in. Um, we're highly ranked. What excites the fan base? When the Wolfpack sees the Mountaineers, our Mountaineers on their schedules, what's the, what's the feeling down there in Raleigh? I'd say it's mixed. I think it's, it's mostly excitement. Um, if you look at, and, and from our perspective, we th- we see this game and think, hey, you know, this is a high-profile game. They have a good quarterback. Uh, we have a good quarterback. It's one of those games that we see it like, hey, we can win this game. They're not much different than we are. They have good offense. We have a good offense. You guys can't stop anybody. We can't stop anybody. I mean, it's going to be – it would have been exciting. Um, and I think that's what people see here. It's like an opportunity for us to to showcase a little bit about, you know, the program is not – everybody's expecting us to be down. We let, You know, we lost a ton of talent to the NFL draft last year by – you know, looking down on us, but we have a lot of NFL talent still on this team. And so when you see a game like West Virginia, who, let's be honest, they're not that far off from where we are as a program. I mean, West Virginia, you know, if you look at the averages over the last 10 years, wins, uh, it's it's like 0.6 more games a year than we do. We're basically the same program. You guys come from the Big East. It's, it's, a, it was, it's a similar perception for us as Louisville. You guys kicked tails in the Big East. You left the Big Conference, and you've been right in the middle of the pack, like with everybody else. So that's how that's our kind of general consensus of it. No, I, I hear think. you, and, and and look, I take exception with a couple things you said, but that's not my <laughs> point. You know, I feel like you haven't watched our defense this year, and I think you're really going out that limb saying our programs are the same, but that's okay. That's okay. This is your time, Evan. <laughs> this is your platform. Um, so so I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I guess I guess when it comes into NC State, you know, I've seen them in basketball a little bit, and I know you guys, you know, you guys got the W over us last time. But when I think of, <laughs> and I'm and I'm, you know what? I was gonna say something. I you know, like, I will say, I will say, because I'm not even hating on NC State right now. The main time I remember NC State, and it broke my heart because if you don't know about JN Fiend and how he feels, like he hates Pitt and he hates Virginia Tech, but there's another team from Columbus that he really doesn't have a lot of love for. And I'm going there. I'm going there. The Phillip Rivers, NC State Wolfpack. I remember listening to it on the radio and just rooting my heart out for the Wolfpack. And it, you oh, know, God. and I just kept thinking, <laughs> I was there. Quit going up the middle with Phillip Rivers. You, you know, close game, end of the game, you're on the goal line. Run it with your 200 and some plus running back. McCle- Why are you not handing it off to this stud? Let's get this W. <laughs> Dude, I I was there, uh, triple overtime. Yeah, I, I just it, it was it still haunts me, right? Everybody was saying that that was the the Chuck Amato years, you know, handed to TA. TA is, you know, arguably one of the best backs in college football that that year. I, I don't know. Uh, it, <laughs> it was just, rough. Like I, you're, you're, it haunts me too. So I understand your no, your frustration. I was I was rooting hardcore, man. I I, I thought they were going to do it. I was so excited, and when they didn't, I was you know I was heartbroken. It's hot, it's tough to be heartbroken over a team that you don't normally root for, but right, yeah. everybody wants the Buckeyes to lose, so I get it. So this game this weekend, the, the million dollar question that everybody wants to know is: this thing getting played? What have you heard down there, in Raleigh? Uh, this, you know, this game is is great. This this is going to be one of those games that we're, State and West Virginia are going to develop some sort of bitter rivalry over a game that's not going to be played. Because right now, West Virginia's throwing shade. State's throwing shade. I mean, it's um, it's, college it's football, all over though, the man. place. It's college football. That's that's what makes college football great. The emotion. I love it. it. I do. Yeah. I love it. 
I do love it. And I mean, I think there's no chance this game's getting played. The West Virginia story this morning was like, we don't want to play if it's cloudy. I mean, that's basically what they said. They want ideal conditions for Will Greer, which I get, but I think it's it's a bit ridiculous. Um, if if that is the concern, right? They're they're trying to maintain his Heisman campaign. Like, come on, man! Like, you're going to really put that as your top priority? I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't know how much credibility there is to any of those reports that are coming out. I, I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, and the reason is because we we made that mistake uh, two years ago with Hurricane Matthew. We played Notre Dame, and we're supposed to be on the outskirts of that hurricane, and it was a miserable game. And granted, we won, but it was just an awful experience. It wasn't good. It wasn't safe for anybody. Shouldn't have been traveling in that. It's just it's one of those things. And this one, you know, we're supposed to be right in the heart of it. That it would be a, a miracle if this game gets played. I think. Yeah, look, Dana said, um, I had somebody send this to me this morning. He said, and this is a quote from the Dana Hogerson show. He said, it's a high-profile game. No one wants to play it more than I do. I can assure you that, Hogerson said. But there's one next week and eight more after that. Hopefully we can play it. If not, life move, moves on. He also finished it with this. The only bit of advice that I was given is that we're not going to try to outsmart the system, Hogerson said. I'm not going to move it to a different location, try to move it up or push it back. That disrupts so many people. It disrupts too many things. We have a plan to play 3.30 on Saturday. If we can't, then we're not going to play it, a.k.a. watch another game Saturday because this game is not going down. Yeah, you know, I have two things about that. Uh, first, I, I kept hearing, and I you know, listened to a lot of national podcasts about college football, and not one of them has mentioned this game, and I think it's like the biggest oversight uh, assuming it, it would have gotten played. It's the biggest oversight of any national reporter not mention this game. I, honestly, I think you have two of the best quarterbacks in the country and arguably two of the best offenses in the country, and nobody's talking about it. Like That's just an egregious uh, exclusion from their from their list. Yahoo Sports said they put out a tweet of the best games come up this weekend, and they didn't mention it. I'm like, just fired me up. Well, um, and, and the worst part about it is like – this goes back to West Virginia's West Virginia having a chip on their shoulder, feeling like they're everybody everybody's against them. But I do feel that a little bit. We're up to number fifteen. You guys, I looked, are ranked in the thirties, and yet there's some things that have us as the underdog. But even despite that, you have this great high-powered offense, and like you said, nobody's talking about it. And I feel like you know, if you want to have these conspiracy theorist thoughts, which sometimes I do, I'm be honest. It's like if you don't hype the game, then you don't have to give West Virginia as much respect. So if you hype the game up and somehow you put NC State close to the top 25 and West Virginia wins that game, now at the end of the year you can circle that like, oh, that's a big win. But if you kind of like sweep it under the rug, then it's like you can take credibility at the end of the year. Oh, well, you just played a 4-8 and eight tennis. Oh, well, you played NC State. But um, I don't know if that's the truth or not, but sometimes we as Mountaineer fans, this is how we feel. Yeah, so it, it's funny. Everybody saw, you know, we lost our entire defensive line to the NFL draft last year. Uh, it was a nine-win team, uh, good team, could have been better, or close to beating a couple teams, you know, as it is. But they see that, and, then I, you know, I heard it. I, I don't know if it was uh, Bruce Feldman or one of the other guys, and they're like, well, they're going to win five games this year. It's like, Jesus, man, like the program's in better shape than that, right? And you have to look. We have arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the country, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, these guys are going to be playing on Sunday. And they're just not they, – they don't give you any credit, right? And I don't yeah. blame them. Historically, we haven't earned that. But, you know, I think that, that that's why this perception thing comes into play. I think that's where it comes from. 
you know, we're on the outskirts of the top 25. Um, we hadn't played anybody, but it, you know, that you give, you get to play with your schedules given you, right? James Madison, their FCS school, but they were in the national title last year. They beat the hell out of North Carolina and East Carolina and some other schools in the last couple of years. They hadn't lost a game in nearly two years, right? So they lost the one game. It was a national title game. So it's not like they're a pushover program. And then they shut up their opponent then the following week after they played us. So they're they're a good they're a good team. But I understand why um, you know we're not where we're not we're not there, right? We're not yeah. in the top twenty five because we hadn't played anybody. So that's part of that perception. Here's my question too. Like so maybe not all Mountaineer fans know about Finley. Um most people have him, you know, a pretty high rated quarterback. So if you're a Mountaineer fan you don't know about him, he is a one of the better, uh, one of the best, you know, college quarterbacks. My question to you is, do you guys down there really look at it and think, uh, you know, he's just as good as Will Greer? Is that the is that the feeling? Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, Will Greer's from Charlotte, so he's he's not an unknown commodity around here. Uh, but they we we look at him at at Ryan and understand what he can do for us. I think he's he's a different quarterback than Finley, but when you have somebody like Todd McShay come out and say, hey, uh, Ryan Finley's the best quarterback best quarterback prospect in college football right now. Yeah, lost his mind, but good, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's so there's guys out there that are saying these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And if Wilger is better, right, It's if he is, it's not that big a difference. And if Ryan Finley's better, it's not that big a difference. I think they're very, very close quarterbacks. Um and I, you know, I think at the end of the year we'll we'll have we'll see, and it's not going to be that far off. I don't believe. No, I get you. And way to you know support your team and support your quarterback. And I get that. I'll honestly say, for me personally, I'm not taking look look. If if we were betting, look, I'm not I'm not a betting man, but look, I'm not betting against Will against anybody quarter quarterback for quarterback pound for pound. The thing is, like you'll you'll hear other quarterbacks. You'll hear Trace McSorley really. Really? Give me a break. No, Give me a break. I mean, no, don't get I me agree. wrong. I'm not hating on the kid, but please, these people have the nerve to fix their mouth and say that they would take Trace McSorley over Will Greer. You've lost your mind. The only person in the country that I will hear arguments with uh, for and, and will understand if some people think he's better is Tua down there from Alabama, man. Look, I know he has a lot of talent around him, but he can throw the rock. He can spin those threads. He really can't. And he's mobile. I'm not saying he's better than Will. I'm just saying I can see an argument can be made. No, I, I I can see that. I'm not going to say – I would say the same thing about uh, about Finley as well. I mean, I'd put Greer and Tua in that conversation, and I wouldn't put anybody else. I mean, those are the three guys. Definitely, that, I'm sorry. I'm not hating on Trace McSorley, but definitely not McSorley. It irritates me every no. time they bring up his name in that category. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think that's it. The other, the other guy kind of on the outside of that conversation is Mackenzie Milton from UCF, but it's UCF, so I'm not really going to yeah. bring that up. Well, that's about all I have for you, man. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I wish we could, you know, get into a more, a little bit more trash talking. Uh, if this game was definitely getting played, I feel like there would have been a little bit more. But since it's not, we're gonna wrap it up there. <clears throat> we appreciate you coming on, Evan. Tell tell everybody where you can be found, uh, your handles. It's all you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll come back if we, if uh, West Virginia tries to play this game at another point. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, next year, I think uh, we come up there. So we can definitely do it again. Absolutely. Uh, if anybody is uh, wants to follow me or wants to tell me how crazy I am, you can follow me at Red White Podcast on Twitter or at ER. It's my personal Twitter handle. Um, either one is where you can find me. All right. And uh, last question before we let you get out of here. 
You guys will finally beat the Pirates. Do you guys have the Pirates on your schedule this year? No, we don't have them on okay. our schedule this year. Lucky we you. Some Lucky sort of, you. Anyway. We should have beat them two years ago. Uh, okay, no. Just, it's, one of those, it's one of those stupid things <laughs> that we we don't do it. And it's their Super Bowl, so they get odd. Oh, God, don't even get me started on that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they beat the hell out of North Carolina last week, so I'm happy for them. How's the fire? How's the fire for a weekend? There you go. Hey, man, we wish you the best. I uh, wish we could play this game, but, uh, you know, if we do, we'll get back up with you. But we appreciate you coming on. But until then, just, you know, keep your Saturday open and pick the game you're going to watch. I appreciate it, man. Go Pack. All right, brother. Sports Social Podcast Network.